Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson, and I'm here today with Mickey Dumont. We are the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we will keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. We've been hearing from our members about some building issues lately. The Collins Report and two recent City Board of Health meetings address some of what our members confirm. Some of our buildings have very serious concerns that are affecting students and staff's healthy working conditions throughout the district. Last Wednesday, December 5th, UTL President Paul Georges spoke before the Board of Health to raise awareness and concerns about these issues. Finger-pointing and blame is not going to resolve these issues, some of which have been going on for years. What will? Well, let's listen to Paul on this topic. Well, we're here with Paul and Mickey, and we're going to bring uh, everybody up to date with some things we've been hearing about about our buildings, as I said earlier. For listeners who may not know, what entity is charged with ensuring that our building conditions are up to snuff? Who is to maintain the buildings, you mean? That is to- uh, total responsibility of the city. Yeah. It's not the school and department. I, the school department, the custodians do the n- normal wear and tear things, uh, trash, mm-hmm. sweep, you know, clean, uh, those kind, kinds of activities. Uh, the, more, the more severe, you know, the sort of maintenance of equipment and all of that is totally the responsibility of the city alone. And I think that might be a surprise to some people. So, Paul, they would be considered the landlords. Well, some people don't like the term landlord, but they are the controlling entity that controls, supposed to, supposed to assure a hospitable, safe environment in which uh-huh. to teach students. Every building belongs to the city of Lowell. It does not belong to the school department. Okay. That's the distinction. Mm-hmm. And ha- having ownership of those buildings comes responsibilities. Absolutely. And that responsibility includes maintaining that they're safe. Uh-huh. Maintenance of them is different, but uh, ensuring key infrastructure functions right. is the city's responsibility. Things wear out. They and need to be maintained. Be replaced. I, I would say the comparison to, say, landlord might be easier to understand. Uh-huh. It's not quite as technically uh, true, but uh, it, it's... it's it's a reference. If the building is un- uninhabitable, for instance, if there are certain functions that aren't there, then um, they you take on the responsibility, let's say, of the of the of a landlord in the sense. To, but there is no exchange of money. Okay. Okay. So, Paul, you often describe the physical conditions of our school buildings as a result of benign neglect. What does that term mean? Well, it means in this term, or at least the way it's be, being used now, is sort of institutional long-term neglect of maintenance um, of, uh, you know, key components of the buildings, heating systems, air conditioning systems, plumbing, the kinds of things that are necessary mm-hmm. in order for the building to function in the way it's supposed to. And the benign neglect essentially says this is not, as a matter of fact, when we met with the Board of, Board of Health and the city manager was in attendance, uh, we spoke of this as a sort of a legacy of neglect, mm-hmm. which would be the benign neglect reference, it, it, which goes over decades, uh, quite frankly. 
And so this isn't something that just overnight appeared or is a result of one uh, city manager's tenure or, or another's. It's a long-term. And it's a long. It's a it long-term. Would be many problem. city managers. Yeah. And so the point. The point of bringing this to the attention of the Board of Health was not to point fingers at any individual. There is enough blame to go in every right. single direction. Right. It is, what do you do from now? Mm-hmm. What do you do now to fix the problem? And if there is going to take some time between having the problem and fixing the problem, what do you do in the meantime? Mm-hmm. What are the specific plans to be able to accommodate the needs of students in our schools in the meantime? So, Mickey and Paul, what are some of the major concerns that you're hearing, especially from our members, because they have been contacting the UTL? Um, what are some specific concerns that are bubbling up right now? Yeah, I think the main concerns are the mice issues, with along with the mice droppings, of course. And I think every building, every school building in the city has these concerns. There's also the roof leaks, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the ceiling panels that need to constantly be replaced because as the roofs leak, they don't. the roofs don't get repaired. So it keep, you replace the panels every other month, you still have to fix that roof. So that's a major problem in a lot of our buildings, including many of our newly built, well, mm-hmm. newly by meaning the 90s. Um, and one of the other major concerns that has been an ongoing concern has been the heating conditions, mm-hmm. heating and AC. Right now we're in the heating climate. So that's major for, I believe, every school in the district. Sure. And even today there were reports of buildings that were really quite cold. Two that we've heard yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, there was no heat at all this morning. Um, they have since been turned on and fired up, and the heat is coming up, but I think we all know that in buildings the size that we have, it takes a, a long while yes. for the heat to finally Yeah, it's not like your home where you t- flip the switch, and within a reasonably short amount right. of time, your living conditions. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to understand that because your home yeah. is a lot more, a, a lot less. Uh, less square footage or fewer square mm-hmm. feet. And, and we talked so about that too, Paul, at the Board of Health meeting. Mm-hmm. The main concern that we have is what do staff members do when they walk into their classroom? And, and the place is cold. Very cold. Yeah, and that's that's a problem. In some cases, that could be prevented. Sometimes you need a, a, it may result in having a custodian or someone come in check check the building, mm-hmm. if you know over a weekend, perhaps on a Sunday night, to make sure. You know, it's everything is is up up to snuff for the running. next yep. morning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that isn't done because it costs additional time and money sure. to do it, but it needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, can't have students showing up to a classroom that's fifty five degrees and expect them to be able to to perform to the degree that we would like them, and teachers to be able to perform the degree we'd like them to, not understanding that the kids are cold. Mm-hmm. And then we have the we have the exact uh, opposite situation. Last Last spring, when we went late into the spring or just before summer, mm-hmm. because of the extended snow days where we had excessive heat. Last year, we had a situation where Superintendent Kalafawi shut down the high school because the majority of the school, as many of the buildings are, you know, there's four buildings essentially tied to three to four buildings, uh, shut it down because there wasn't uh, sufficient heat in the building. And 
and I would say that could have been done at individual schools too, but that was the one case in particular. And then in the spring, he shut down all schools in the yeah, system during the heat. excessive heat because many of the schools don't have the air conditioning capacity, or if they're either they're either not functioning or they never were installed. Mm-hmm. So consequently, that creates real problems. You know, the global warming issue has it creates extremes. That's going to mean this. We're going to visit this case this more and more in the future. But the question that I ask specifically is what does a teacher do when they show up in their classroom on any individual day and the temperature in the room is 50 to 55 degrees? What is the fail-safe? What is it that they do? And we did have a discussion. You, you may have the capacity at the high school to be able to do that to a greater degree because the nature of education at the high school level means you have labs, you have uh, band room, you have music rooms, different rooms. So you have other rooms. You have other options that you may be able to move to. a class to. Right. But it, in, as we discovered and as we discussed, middle school and elementary schools have virtually no additional space right. to move classes. So what is the plan? And that's what the, the Board of Health requested that the superintendent of schools come up with a plan. Okay. Um, so that was the response. And that was the response, and hopefully we will get it. But in the meantime, this is ongoing. This failure of systems in schools is not new. Mm-hmm, and again, correct. it's been like that for an extended period of time. I believe the, the commitment of the new city manager is to solve this. She's, mm-hmm. we've, we talked about uh, the Collins report that gave a lot of information about money the city was not availing itself of in the building program for repairs of existing buildings, not just building new buildings. What was that through, Paul? That was through the... the oh. The, um, Mass yes. School Building Authority. Yes. Okay. Um, and and we've got a commitment from the super, uh, from the from the city, city manager uh, Eileen Donahue that they will aggressively go after that. And that's that's all a positive, right there. That's because all a very. I don't think that that's has very ever been done before. It's been yeah. done before, but it has not been done frequently enough. I see. And and uh, at this point, I think it's it's there there is it's money critical. available yeah. at very high percentage rates, you know, paid by the state. And it makes we, sense. And I think we have a very narrow time frame right now in order to get some of that. Yes, he explains some of the, the process of this thing. I mean, I to be you know, I think I mentioned at one time during that meeting that it may be advisable to actually hire an individual to mm-hmm. simply focus on that grant program because yeah. there's so many millions of it's dollars so available. Yeah. Um, but again. It puts us in a situation where what do we do bridging that gap between mm-hmm. today and when that money becomes available? Now, right. I know they've become ag- much more aggressive since Eileen, since uh, Eileen Donahue has become city manager in using city monies. But frankly, the city has its own problems. A year mm-hmm. ago, it spent uh, $4.25 million more than it took in. Mm-hmm. Over the last year, mm-hmm. that puts more pressure on the city to try to find additional yeah. f- funding mm-hmm. to be able to maintain the buildings. Correcting this, in fact, the Collins report talks about the architectural crew four years previous that had come up with a specific recommendation that the city uh, put in one point four, uh, excuse me, fourteen million dollars per year into its schools, not including the high school, mm-hmm. over a 10-year period to bring the schools 
I'd say more, you know, uh, bring bring schools up to snuff if you want to put yeah, it that way. Bring them, bring them up to, 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 to a Fix modern... Fix the major but, problems. But, so that you can move forward and begin to regularly maintain them. Now, that recommendation was four years ago, but the right. Colorado Report indicates that since then, mm. the, the, the budget, the city budget only cl- includes a little over a $5.5 million, excuse me, $6.5 million over a five-year period for all those schools. Mm-hmm. That is a... a, a, a a strong departure from what was recommended Very much so. by the They're architectural firm and college. Yeah. So consequently, it's but the, the way to bridging that gap yeah. is by utilizing the Mass uh, School Building Authority for repairs of buildings. Mm-hmm. That can, my understanding is the that that fund itself would would pay someplace between 75 and 80 percent of the costs mm-hmm. of improvements yeah. system wide. That's amazing. It is. So I know you both were at that Board of Health meeting last Wednesday. Yes. And that you brought forward a lot of the building issues. And, you know, this is really a a direct result of people who let the UDL know when there's an issue in the building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that we do hear you. And, you know, trying to rectify things or at least bring some attention to it. What other sorts of things were being discussed at that meeting? There really weren't too many other things school-related other than this. Well, there was a report on the, you know, on the on the mouth, the mouth situation, you know, the uh, vermin report, right. if you want to put it that way. <laughs> it was this topic. Uh, but that was because it was a follow-through from the previous meeting, yeah, which focused sure. primarily on that. And they talked about the mitigation that was t- being taken place by private contractors to come in and alleviate that mm-hmm. that headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there primarily because the, during that meeting in November, we had submitted some photographs and some additional data about temperatures and working right. conditions in the schools. Mm-hmm. So it became part of the agenda for the December meeting, and that's why we were able to sort of go in. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that the chairperson was very gracious and giving us some latitude to speak freely about yes. this. Yes. Um, and it was a great concern to the to some members of the Board of Health, and sure. we hoped to be able to supply them with additional data and information so that they can oversee this, and hopefully we can get a plan, or just, you know, a significant plan on how to deal with this in the short term mm-hmm. to ensure, and my biggest concern, and our biggest, I think, concern is, you know, ensure the health and welfare of the students and our staff who are working in the schools through a transition period that we hope will result in a lot better schools. Sure thing. So what would you suggest to members? I know you asked that question of the Board of Health. What do we do in the interim? But what would you suggest members do to keep the UTL updated on whether these conditions are beginning to be resolved or not? Well, I think you have to please reach out to us, get us the information that we need, okay? We need to be able to justify what we're saying with the data that you can only provide us. We can't be in every school every day. Right. Um, there are, so you've got to understand that some things can be fixed more quickly than Absolutely. others. Absolutely. Repairing a roof is, or, or replacing a roof is a substantial ordeal. Right. It may mean that there are leaks that will cannot get fixed that quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things, and, and to be, you know, and, and, and perhaps are not as critical initially. What is of, of critical importance is ventilation, mm-hmm. making sure that you've got sufficient heat in the winter. We'll worry about the spring in the spring. Yeah. Uh, 
making sure that the, the, the buildings are comfortable for the students and, and don't represent a health hazard. Let us know about mold. Understand sometimes ceiling tiles as they get wet, as Mickey has explained, would, would, will become off color. It does not mean they're mold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes it's cha- the change in color effect. Ceiling tiles are made so that they can't really hold mold because they, they wick essentially the, oh. the, 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 the water yeah. or the liquid. However, let us know what the conditions are in the building and let us know, you know, broken pipes, think conditions like that. Uh, but also the temperatures on a day-by-day basis would be helpful. Yes. We assume if we don't hear from you that it's not a problem. Um, we, would, we would like to, though, Paul, that if conditions are corrected, we should also be informed so that we know that, right. you know, good things are happening. Well, sometimes we end up getting informed that something has been corrected and only have another problem come up I a know. week later. <laughs> or find out that what the, not, the, yeah. the, the, the nature of the beast. Well, whatever the fix was, mm-hmm. wasn't a permanent fix. It was a temporary fix. Right. The point is, we're going to stay on this. We're going we're to remain in close contact with the Board of Health. Uh, share with them information, uh, concerns, particularly before meetings. They have monthly meetings. Uh, we're going to work closely with them and any other entity to enforce, enforce the issue. Our first concern, very often, it's embarrassing to some degree to acknowledge that you've got infrastructure failures that are, could impact students. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't want to do anything to hurt the school system, but we are more concerned about making sure that we don't hurt the students right. or the staff members to serve those students. And, and as you've said, this is not something that is a result of one administration's no. decision or another. It's something that has been building over time, and it really needs to be addressed at this point. It needs to be addressed, I think, and also to satisfy the concerns. And uh, the other thing I think, I think I'd like the, the parents to know that we want to work as allies on this. Mm-hmm. We're concerned about your, stu- your, your children's yeah. safety. We need your support, too, sometimes when it comes to pushing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well overdue that we need to push on these things. There seems to get a certain amount of attention, particularly when there's high-profile information coming out of Boston TV stations and right. things yes. like that. We need to keep this on the front burner until everything has been solved. Or, or you know, the majority of the issues that we deal with in schools every day are solved. Excellent, excellent points. Um, we are going to put up a survey monkey for UTL members uh, about some of the conditions where you might be able to report and help us gather some of this data. So look for the link in the podcast website. Thanks to Paul and Mickey for speaking with us today. We do realize these issues may not be rectified quickly, but we do want to make sure that our students and our members are working in safe environments. We encourage members who are experiencing issues to be sure to let the UTL know, as well as your building administrators. We encourage our listeners to go to the podcast website, www.util495-straighttalk.com, where we'll post some additional links and information. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you are aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share experiences and expertise, send us an email at util straight talk at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont and Paul Georges, and we wish you a great week.